With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Yeah. Chandler, 
what the hell was Ron Rivera thinking? You know, at the end of the day, you know, if, 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 if the premise of your argument was the fact that these quarterbacks and these teams had time to gel and time to put it together, then I question that because at the end of the day, the New York Giants have a rookie head coach. The Philadelphia Eagles have a, 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 a I think he's in the second year, but he has a new head coach. So talk to me about what you feel about what Ronald Gray said, and I did want to bring uh, somebody else in after you get done. Well, this is the same guy who had prime Cam Newton and had more losing seasons than winning seasons and spent the entire time trying to blame Cam. Uh, This is who Ron Rivera is. This is the guy who went to Washington and character assassinated uh, Dwayne Haskins so that he wouldn't start so he could put um, some that, that, that I don't even remember the dude's name in there, who he brought over from Carolina, and then threw him under the bus for Taylor Heineke, and then threw Taylor Heineke under the Mm -hmm. bus for Carson Wentz. This is who Ron Rivera is. Because last I checked, like you said, Brian Dable's a rookie head coach. Um, yeah. Daniel, you really going to tell me that the, that the Giants have built around Daniel Jones, really? The only difference between this Giants team and last year's Giants team, honestly, is the coach. The difference is, it's the only difference. They still don't have no receivers because they didn't have no receivers last year. You got Kenny Galladay winning mm-hmm. the ball, throwing them, dropping, dropping everything but the check he gets every two weeks, Okay. Um, and Saquon's healthy. So where have they built around Daniel Jones? That's been one of the criticisms of the Giants for four years, that they haven't built around Daniel Jones. Now, you want to say Philly built around Jalen Hurts? Okay, maybe what they did was they set this guy up and said, okay, we've given you everything, but you had no idea whether Jalen Hurts was going to take a progression. Again, technically, in reality, this is really kind of he, – has he played 16 games yet <laughs> as a starter? I think so, he's just at 16, to be sure. Okay, so basically he was, he's been a rookie this whole time. So you've been in Washington for three years, You put and, and you built up nothing so that you could plug a quarterback, a veteran quarterback in. Because when you go get a veteran quarterback, you're saying, we got everything else we need. That's what you're saying. When you go get a veteran quarterback, right, you're saying, we got everything else. You're the piece that's going to put us over the top. Well, if he was the piece supposed to put you over the top, then what the hell have you been doing for three years, Ron Rivera? Listen, Ron Rivera's been getting the pass for years because he was a member of the 85 Bears. I'm old enough to remember right. the 85 Bears. He wasn't that big a part of the 85 Bears. He was a decent player. He had a couple of moments. But Ron Rivera was no star, okay? He has traded off the fact that his last name is Rivera Okay, to, to, to be put in conversations that he don't even want to be a part of as far as being a minority candidate. He has benefited from a lot, okay? He has rolled up people's coattails. And when things go to hell, what Ron Rivera does is what you've seen him do yesterday. He will pass the buck and blame everybody but himself. Right. So here's the, here's the thing, and Dylan, I'll see you in there. I'll, I'll come in with this in, in a second. But here's the funny thing about the whole situation, Chandler. Um, Ron Rivera is talking as if he is not the acting GM as well. So Ron Rivera's position, he's the coach, he's the GM. That means he goes to the store, picks the groceries, decides what the hell he wants to do, and he's talking as if he doesn't make that phone call too. I would see his point if he was just handed 
some groceries and handed some presents. But like, yo, coach him up, figure it out. But this is his hand-picked guy. Dylan, I'm going to come to you next, man. What in the world do you feel? How do you feel about what's going on right there in, in, in the Metro with Rama Vera literally throwing Carson Wentz under the bus and then trying to walk it back in his press conference yesterday? I mean, the, the comments are out of line. Um, because, I mean, you don't, you, don't, you don't throw your quarterback or you don't really throw any of your players like that under the bus and then expect them to come play for you the next week. I don't know their relationship. I don't know if that will motivate Carson Wentz or not, but, I mean, I don't see Carson Wentz as the tough-minded quarterback that can take that kind of public criticism and, and, and you know, bounce back. So it's not like – it's not like um, Bruce Arians when he kind of rolled over Tom Brady in his first year in Tampa Bay. It's a little bit of a different dynamic, you know what I'm saying? But um, Chandler's 100% right, and I'll double down on it. I mean, what have you done? You're a defensive coach. Your defense stinks for the last two, three years in Washington. That's, your, that's why you're losing games, okay? Yeah, Carson Wentz isn't playing great. Do a, a costly turnover at op, inopportune times, like at the end of the game near the goal line. Yeah, sure, but um, he's not the one playing defense, giving up over twenty some odd points a game. I mean, you know, getting rolled over by like the Lions and, and what have you, the Eagles and all these other teams. Like that's that's not Carson Wentz. That's you and your defense. That's your, that's why you're here. So um, I don't want to say you have a job because you know you you were going through personal issues, but it makes it hard for you to get fired, right? I mean, you know, real talk. So, listen, he 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 was out of line for those comments. He should have he should have been he should have been more supportive of his quarterback. At least, you know, behind closed doors, you can say what you want to him in public. You don't hang him out to dry like that. It, it's kind of I, I don't know how I would I would play for that a guy like that. To be honest with you, I actually, you know, I, I, I agree with both of you guys are saying, and you know, Mr. Harvey, I I, I want to bring this to you, kind of on, on the flip side, like. If you're a player in that locker room and you're feel free to comment on everything else that you heard here and kind of add your own little flavor to it, but if you're, you know, Terry McLaurin, Deron Payne, uh, Antonio Gibson in that locker room, how in the world do you suit up in, in 48 hours and go to Chicago and play for a man who has handpicked his guy? This is the guy that he handpicked. You know what I'm saying? Keep in mind, they were all in on Russell Wilson. He decided to go somewhere else. Carson Wilson is the hand-picked guy, you know, that that, that Ron wanted. And then, you know, five games in, especially after, I mean, all things considered, he played a very decent game. Like, the, the commander should have won that ball game. It's unfortunate that was in place, you know, at the end, and he threw the pick trying to force the ball in the coverage. But how do you get on a plane and go out there and play with this, play for this man after he – kind of drove the bus over the star quarterback. Give me your position on that, Mr. Harvey. Well, so let's be quite honest now from what we've seen so far. And you consider what uh, what Denver had to give up for him. Um, Russell Wilson's not looking like a much better investment either um, right now uh, at the quarterback position. Uh, so, but that being said, uh, to Chandler's point, usually if you bring in a veteran quarterback, you're saying I got everything else in place. The other thing you could be doing, though, is giving new life to a guy and saying, okay, even if we don't have everything in place right now, this is a guy that we think that we can build around and continue to fortify uh, because he's at least an experienced hand at the quarterback position. Uh, listen, I, <laughs> I will say this. I think that he – 
hasn't said anything about the quarterback that uh, that most fans of the Commanders and our fans of football haven't thought already. But it's different when you're the head coach of that guy, right? Um, but how do you suit up and go play? Um, and you guys are gonna you guys are gonna rake me over the coals for this, and that's fine. But it's your job, bro. Like, listen, you go out and you go play, and you put up whatever numbers you you can put up because at the end of the day. If you don't want to be on that team or if you're hoping to uh, be off that team or that somebody else is going to really want you, then you got to produce on the field the best you possibly can. Um, because if you, if you fail to produce or if you're not doing anything in this league, um, a lot of times it is a what have you done for me lately, out of sight, out of mind um, type of league. Uh if I'm getting paid multi-million dollars to play this game, um, I know that I'm going to have to be out on the field in order to receive that game check. And even if I don't 100% agree with the way that my coach handled something, um, I'm trying to feed my family, bro, and so I want that game check. And so I'm going to go play for them. I I might not like it, and I may hope that they run him off, and maybe – Maybe I, if I'm a player on this team and I really think Rivera is the problem and we have a serious issue with him, maybe, um, you know, I, with any other franchise, I would say this would be a good idea. With this franchise, I, I don't think so. I was going to say, maybe I uh, get a group of uh, players together, the veteran players, and we go talk to ownership. Uh, but that's not uh, <laughs> uh, with this Washington brand. <laughs> not with this organization. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a whole other issue. So, um, but you know, hey man, like listen, if I put up numbers or if I show up and do my my job, then if I went out of here, I decide I don't want to resign. Then I I can my play has a direct impact on on like my value or how much somebody else might value me in this league. So that's how I suit up and go play. I, I don't think anybody should uh, should call out players. We can call out portions of the game. Though I will say that I um, am a little bit more accepting of a coach calling out a player on a professional level um, versus, say, you know, high school, college level when these guys are still kids and they, you know, most of them can't even buy alcohol or anything yet. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like, a lot of us have worked for those uh at least had one or two like uh obnoxious or uh over the top bosses in our life that have called us out for you know dumb stuff or things that uh you know really shouldn't be a thing so uh, I just think you have to uh I just think you have to get out and go and go get it done you know what I mean like it, it's not always easy and, and it sucks sometimes but you still got to go play and I, I just think that's that's what you have to do. I mean, I don't I don't disagree with you on, on, on the surface, but at the end of the day, like, I guess my overall frustration with the situation, you know, is the fact that first and foremost, your head coach, you know, literally was the one throwing you under the bus. It wasn't like another player, like, and, and Ron Rivera has always been. The guy, and again, Chandler hit the you know hit the nail on the head. He's always been a guy that has talked out of the side of his neck, and because he is who he is, he keeps getting you know opportunities, and he keeps getting lumped in with 
you know, the 85 Bears, whatever it takes to be. Let, let's make no bones about it. This dude has been a coach in this league for 10-plus years. He's had a total of three winning seasons his whole tenure, and yet as soon as the commanders decide to get rid of him, another team's going to pick up the phone and make the phone call and bring him in there. And, I, and I, again, I, I'm asking myself why. I, I don't get it, but, you know, again, you, you're right. You know, you got to go out there. You got to put your best foot forward. You got to try to to play through it. Um, and, unfortunately, again, I, it, it's frustrating. I'm, I'm going to keep it a buck with you. It's frustrating. Uh, call the number is 929-477-2759. Since we are talking about the NFC East, I wanted to kind of start the show uh, uh, with that division. Um, is it time to literally take the NFC East for real? You know what I'm saying? All four teams are, you know, a combined 14 and 16 with, with the Philadelphia Eagles being undefeated and both the Giants and and the, and the Cowboys being 4-1. Um, you know, what's going on in, 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 in NFC East? Like, the Giants went over to London and smacked the Packers in the head. You know, is that, is that a more indictment on how bad the Packers are or, or are the Giants real? And, you know, Mr. Harvey, I'll come right back to you. Um, make, you know, make sure to tell us NFC East for me, man. How do you feel about it? Well, I think that maybe some of these teams are getting tired of being called the NFC East. I think that, uh, you know, that the NFC East has been the punchline for the last several years. But um, a couple of things that I will say is coaching matters, right? Like, um, I think that when it comes to the Giants, man, like, this offense is being held together uh, by duct tape and silly putty. And and I think that Brian Dabo is one of the most uh, capable handymen out there as far as just trying to rig some stuff up and make it work. You got Saquon sometimes taking snaps at the Wildcat. You got all kinds of things going on with this team uh, just to try to make hay. And, and, you know, they're doing it, right? Like, this was a close game that the Packers could have very easily pulled off. Um but that's a huge, huge uh, victory for for the Giants. As far as the Eagles, like we said going into the year, that they did a lot to really improve their offense. Trading AJ, uh, trading for AJ Brown, Devontae Smith has um, another year under his belt, right? So he's going into his second year now. Uh, Dallas Goddard to talent to tight end. You got the three-headed monster running back. With uh, Sanders, who's getting the lion's share, but Gainwell and Boston Scott as well. So, uh, listen, they have a ton of weapons on this offense, and uh, Jalen Hurts is continuing to improve as a passer. Uh, so, and their defense is uh, is doing enough for them to to get it done. Uh, you know, this past weekend, a little sloppy for them, uh, but they found a way to win. Road wins are not always easy in this league, so uh, good for them. You know, we're about to find out this weekend. We've, we've talked about uh, Dallas multiple times um, in this space in that, you know, once he loses his starting quarterback, he then decides to play the way that this team needs to play anyway, right, as far as uh, base everything off the run, 
you know, play action and things like that. Don't try to go to, like, some spread it out, throw it 50 times a game. I don't care how much you're paying your quarterback, man. You do what uh, is conducive to your team winning. You look at your players. You look at what you guys can do. You figure out what your strengths are. And those are the things that you should be highlighting in your game plans, right? Um, So they're starting to do that. We'll see uh, once they get Dak back, if uh, Kellen Moore goes back to play Madden or if he can still kind of have a finger on the pulse of the game, you would think that um, he should still base things off the run, but Dak should be able to execute at a higher level uh, than Cooper Rush in the passing game when it does require him to throw the ball. But if you set up off the run and people – I mean, listen, it's a lot easier to – it's a lot easier to throw the ball and have success throwing the ball when you can uh, – when your run sets it up and or when it's not just predictive passing downs, right? So – um, hopefully that, you know, for Dallas' sake, I don't really care for the Cowboys. So, uh, personally, that, it didn't really affect me one way or the other, but per- hopefully they will uh, kind of stick to similar game plans moving forward. That Dallas defense is the truth, though. Micah Parsons uh, showing that last year wasn't a fluke. Uh, these are some talented rosters, man. I mean, uh, they got some good clubs uh, in that division. Uh, and we're going to find out, really, uh, to me, this is a huge weekend um, in that division with that Dallas-Philadelphia game because Philly thought they were close a couple times last year. We were even playing really well going down the stretch and then Dallas smacked them in the mouth uh, towards the end of the season to put them back in their place. And that's why uh, – so, you know, we'll see. I, I think that I, – I think that this is a big test for Philly this weekend, but, you know, there's a good chance that we could have – you know, if this keeps going the way it's going, we could have two – uh, maybe even a third, but I don't think we'll have that many. But at least two teams out of this division uh, make the playoffs. The the East has risen up. Uh, you know, Stuart Scott used to say, "You got to rise up," and uh, and the East has has done that this year, man. So um, you know, better coaching, talent across the board, uh, giving trying to give their guys weapons to win, and trying to figure out what's going to. Uh, allow their teams to have the, the most success. And I feel like these coaches have done that in that division, uh, save for the guy that we talked about to open the show. Definitely, man. Uh, n- you know, Chandler, I- I'll come to you next, my guy. You know, the NFC East is kind of a surprising division of football through five weeks of football in the NFL. Um, handicapping for me, man, is just, you know, Fake news or fake, 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 fakeness, or are they for real out there in the NFC East? And do we need to start taking the Giants and the Cowboys and the Eagles seriously? Uh, you got to take them seriously. And we talk, I know we're talking about American football, but whoever's, whoever's been running the men's national team in soccer, they should all be fired, okay? Because the men's national team is trash and has been for a while. Anyway, so you get that off my chest. They lost 2 nothing to Spain today. Um, the, you know what's crazy is we came into the season saying that the AFC West was going to be the toughest division in football. You could have four teams making the playoffs, and the NFC East, uh, the winner of the NFC East probably wouldn't win but eight games at best. My times have changed. Um, coaching does matter. It really does. And, I, you know, what, Brian Dable, when you, when you come into a situation as a leader and you have people who have been beaten down, what you do is build them up. How do you do that? When they make mistakes, you support them in public, chastise them in private. 
You find out what they do best, and then that's what you go to. You put them in a position to constantly be successful so they start believing. Once they start believing, the rest is easy. The rest is easy. If you've ever tutored anybody or tried to teach somebody something, once you see the light go on, the rest is easy. The light has gone on for a lot of these New York Giants players because Brian Dayball is actually a coach. Nick Sirianni in Philly is actually a coach. You know, I find it funny that it was okay for Dallas to, to use that properly and say, okay, we don't need him to throw for 5,000 yards, right, and we can still win. But the minute you gave him money, everybody said, oh, now he's got to be this, he's got to pass us to a championship. Just because you gave him money doesn't change what he is. Dak Prescott is not a guy who's going to throw you to a championship. He will make he will make the seven throws you need made, but he's not a guy you want throwing the ball 35 times a game. So Kellen Moore is still a clown in my opinion. I think that's exactly what they're going back to. But right now, yeah, the NFC NFC East is for real because you have three three teams who have decided that they looked at their teams and said, okay, this is who we are, so this is what we're going to do. And it doesn't have to look pretty, and it doesn't have to, to make headlines as long as we win. You know, Jalen Hurts is not throwing the ball 35 times a game. He doesn't have to. You don't have to. They're 5-0. and all. Daniel Jones, I don't think he's thrown, thrown over 27 times in a game yet. Has he thrown for over 250 yards in a game yet? I don't think so. They're 4-1. and one. Nope. You know, Cooper Rush is 4-0. and oh. I think the most he's thrown for in a game might be 200 yards. Their offense, honestly, is bottom of the league with Cooper Rush, the quarterback, but their defense. So it's okay, we're going to rely on our defense and run game. Who knew that honestly assessing your team, doing some self-scouting, and being true to who your players actually are could be so successful? It's amazing what happens when you're honest about what your team actually is. So, yeah, the NFC East is for real, man. And it's going to be a problem um, because, you know, if you look at the NFC as a whole, and I hate saying it this early, you could see two teams, possibly three, come out of the NFC East getting into the playoffs, especially with the extra extra team this year. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not mad at it. I mean, I, I, I think that it's going to be interesting to see how everything shakes out, you know, down the stretch. But, Villain, I saved you for last on purpose. This is your division. We're talking, you know, New York football giants, Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles, man. Talk to me about how well your division is doing, and then we'll, we'll, we'll move on to something else. Yeah, listen, um, the numbers don't lie. You got two – Teams four and one, and you got one team five and zero. Oh, arguably, um, you know the best team in football. You you could debate it with the the Bills and the Chiefs, but the Eagles to me. And I was uh, kind of chipping in on another show yesterday, um, and, and you know they're they're doing everything. And they they've won with offense, they've won with defense, and then last this past week against the Cards, they won with looking ugly, playing an ugly game. So. They, they're doing it in all facets. The Cowboys are playing. Listen, they got the best defense in the league. I, you know, I challenge anybody to come up with a better defense than them right now. Um, it, it's going to be hard to, to pull off. I mean, Micah Parsons um, and, and, and company, they're playing out of their mind. Diggs looks like he's even better than last year, which is impossible to, for me to, 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 to think about. Um, you know, that, 
it's it's really you can get into what a debate of Cooper Rush over Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, when he was managing the games, they were winning more games, and that's what Cooper Rush is doing for them. So, um, you know, they just have to stick to it. But it's going to be like you guys said, it's going to be a nice battle this this Sunday night, Eagles and Cowboys. We're going to see how for real the Cowboys are. Um, you know, there's talk about the level of competition, but you know, you can't apologize for being four and one, just like my Giants, right? You can't apologize for being four and one. They've won games they probably shouldn't have won, but they won them. And they listen, they the Packers are a good team and they came back against that team. They were down what, seventeen to seventeen to three, uh twenty to, to ten at one point. Yeah, twenty to ten at one point and they came back and won the game. So um, you know, in in, in Harvey and and Chandler are right, man. Listen, the difference on this team is just the coach, right? It's just Brian Dable. And and listen, and I said it on a blog, and I I said it on another show probably, and I'll say it again. The best offseason acquisition the Giants had was Wink Martindale as the defensive coordinator. Um, Just believing in his system, getting the guys to, to buy in. Um, there's injuries all over this team. There's injuries on a lot of teams. But, you know, we're listening Leonard Williams. You know, Dory Jackson goes down. Um, you know, we're, you know, we didn't have Aziz O'Jerry. There's guys just hurt all over the defense. And they're still, you know, making the plays against one of the best quarterbacks in the game, right? So um, there's, this team was only supposed to get under the cap. They had no. They were getting rid of guys because they can. They didn't have cap space. They were about to trade Saquon Barkley just to relieve themselves of cap space. That was all they needed to do this year, and they're winning games because of the coach. Um, so this, this division is real. Um, the only one you know not holding up their end of the bargain is the Commanders, and we talked in nauseam about them. Well, I mean this division is real, and and. To double down on that, the division that's a joke right now is the AFC West. Everybody thought that division was going to be the top of the class, but the only one that's come to play was the team that nobody thought was going to win that division in the Chiefs. The Chargers, their coach is going to give away three games a season. The Raiders don't look any good right now. Um, they finally found an identity, but five games in, and they're one and four. And, I mean, the Broncos, forget about it. Russ, don't let him cook. Don't let him go shopping. Don't let him near the stove. Don't give him a spatula. Don't give him a spoon. Don't give him an air fryer. Nothing. That dude ain't cooking nothing. So, listen. It's, it's, Stop it. it. Stop NFC, it. It's, Stop it. It's the, NFC, it's the NFC East right now. That's the talk of the town, and deservingly so. NFC beast. Hey, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I, think, I think it's a bigger test for the Cowboys this weekend. And, I mean, for the Eagles this weekend than the Cowboys. And I say that because the Eagles are 5-0. and Dallas won that division last year and smacked them in the mouth a couple times uh, last year. So I think this is a big prove-it game for the Eagles against the Cowboys to show that they've taken I disagree, Mike, because I'm looking at the Cowboys as playing with house money because of Cooper Rush, and now everybody's got them penciled into the Super Bowl out of the NFC because of how well they're playing, right? And listen, seriously, if Cooper Rush wins this game against a really good Eagles team, Dak Prescott doesn't get his job back this year. I can't necessarily say that. I disagree with that. I wholeheartedly. I disagree with that. No, I disagree. Tom Brady, Tom Brady, before he was Tom Brady, was winning games, and and Drew Bledsoe was ready to come back at the end of that season. Drew Bledsoe found himself in, in in Buffalo after that. 
or no, was it, it was, was it Buffalo or, or was it Dallas and then Buffalo? But Cooper no, Dallas Rush first. is not Tom Brady villain. Come on, now. no, 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 no. I'm not Cooper saying Rush. he's Tom Brady. I'm not saying he's Tom Brady. Pause, pause, pause. I'm not saying he's Tom Brady. I'm saying if the guy has got the hot hand, five and O team, how do you take him out of the? How do you take him out of the lineup for a guy that does? That didn't look good. That didn't look good in his first game, and and it hasn't really proved much other than he can cash a check every two weeks, like Chandler said. How do you take him out of the game? How do you take him out? It's very winning. It's, it's, it's very easy. Until he loses, he doesn't lose his job. Oh, I feel you, but you got to understand, you know what I'm saying, Jerry Jones is going to force this situation here. That's the problem. Okay. Jerry Jones Jerry Jones wrote the check that he wrote to keep that Prescott in, in, in the building. So whenever he is able to grip the football and throw it, it doesn't matter what Cooper Rush does. He can he can beat the Cowboys. He, he, he can beat the Eagles. Then he can go the week after that. Uh, I think they're on a bye week or whatever. And then they go after that and they play the Bears. Yeah. He can beat them. It, 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 it doesn't matter. Like, at the end of the day, when Dak Prescott is ready to go, this brother's getting back under center. I, mean, I disagree with you, Sirius. I disagree. Because Jerry Jones said two weeks – Jerry Jones said two weeks ago. He said two weeks ago. Okay, and I remember Barry mm-hmm. told me I didn't know what I was talking about. And I said that if Cooper Rush keeps winning, he that Prescott might never get his job back. Jerry Jones said, I would love to have a quarterback controversy. Wouldn't that be great? Jerry Jones yeah. – Okay, it's the same owner that when they had Troy Aikman, remember that he let Jimmy Johnson start, I think it was Steve Berline in the playoff game, because Aikman hey, was coming yeah. off an injury. Aikman was clearly a better quarterback. Okay, and they said, well, no, we're going with the hot hand. Okay, this ain't yeah. the first time in Dallas under Jerry Jones that this will be done. And, and again, Jerry Jones likes to make money. He likes to make money. Like my man J.J. in that stupid social security commercial. Money. All right? <laughs> He, you know how much press, how much people are going to talk about, how many jerseys are going to be sold, are being sold. Cooper Rush is not a starting quarterback. What about that? What about that? Oh, my, it's already at, listen, we already overloaded with Cowboy crap. You think it won't be more? Jerry Jones is all about that controversy. Move my brand, sell my brand, make a buck. Oh, by the way, he's still pissed at that by having to give him that check. He would love nothing more than to be able to bench that and then say, guess what? <laughs> we take some money back, too. They're going to find a way, okay, to make this out to be. Mm-hmm. Listen, I truly believe that if Cooper Rush, like, like, like you just said, I, and I said this, if Cooper Rush keeps winning, I don't think that Prescott plays another snap as a starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. It, so I don't know how you take him out. You can't take him agree. out. They did it Again, to I mean, Romo. I, you don't think they'll do it to Dak? Like, here's, here's what I'm saying, and Mike can, and Sirius, you can take it away. I'm saying Chandler's right. He's the hot hand. If he wins, you don't take him out of the game. You don't destroy the team morale and the good vibes that you go. What has he done to not deserve to, play, to keep playing? What has he done? I'm going to tell Nothing. you. I'm going to tell you. Because, and so we can agree to disagree because here's the thing. Uh, you said in your thoughts, and we can go back and forth. Let's go, Rizzo. We're not going to convince each other. But what I will say is this. Cooper Rush is not playing great as the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. They're winning games. 
but they're winning games because they're running the ball. They're winning games because their defense is, is playing at a very high level. He's executing some throws, but he's overthrowing a ton of people. He's missing a lot of throws as well. Cooper Rush is not, uh, is not wowing people with his play at the quarterback position. I believe if you run with a similar game plan and you put Dak under center, that offense is going to be more effective than it is with Cooper Rush. Yeah, you, you can disagree with I me. Can't, on I more, can't agree with that. Cooper though. Rush is not. I can't agree with that, Mike. That's that's fine. Mike, we can I agree can't agree with that because, because Dak has been in there and they're not playing well. They weren't playing well. He was forcing but the ball. You're missing. And they they weren't playing well. You missed. Cooper's not losing the game. Cooper's Villain, taking care of the football. Villain, you're missing the point. So, again, what, what Harvey is saying is if Dak Prescott gets back in the game, okay, gets back on the center, mm-hmm. and they keep the same game plan, they don't do nothing stupid. They don't try to make him run back and throw the ball, you know, 30 times like he's Patrick Mahomes or run around like he's Jalen Hurts or whatever it's going to be. If they keep the game plan, to where he mm-hmm. makes a couple plays because he can do that and Cooper Rush can't, and he doesn't try to be Superman, this seems like a formula that could win, thus making the fact that, yes, yo, you paying him this money, worth it. But why wouldn't you get Cooper Rush to do the same thing for cheaper? And you're already winning more than he can't make more than plays and throw the ball at the same level as Dak. He's not that. He's not as good a passer as Dak. Look, How many Mike turnovers does he have? How many turnovers does he have, Mike? Zero. Zero. But, but once again, yeah. once again. But what's the difference, Mike? What's the what's difference? The difference? What's the difference is the way the Giants going with Jeff yeah. Hosta over Phil Simms when Phil Simms got hurt? What was the difference? What was the difference when Carson Wentz went down? They won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. What's the difference? They won. He's winning games. He deserves the shot to keep playing. Until until you lose that bet on the table, you keep pushing your chips in until you until you lose up against the house. He's not losing games. He, yeah, he's not the reason why they're winning, but he's not the reason why they're losing either. Why would you Foles risk that? Foles kept this playing because Wentz couldn't get back. Hostetler played because Sims didn't get back. He wasn't healthy. Yeah, he, he was. He got hurt. Yeah, but but Hustler won. He won though. But, but this and, is and He went to Oakland. Yeah, eventually he got, got his job you? back. The Giants didn't want to pay him, so the Oakland paid him, and then that was a disaster. But still, yeah. what's the difference? But, if you're going to do the same is, game plan with Dak Prescott, who you're paying 120 million. Then you're doing with Cooper Rush, and Cooper Rush is already doing it and winning games. What's the difference? You're winning, but that's your nobody pro- cares. That, that's, that's the problem, Barry. Is 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 you brought up his Dax contract, which is why Keller Moore mm. won't use the same formula. And the problem is you exactly. need to keep this formula. Oh, but Keller Moore is not going to keep this formula with that because you gave him that money, which I guess is see. This is the problem with sports in general. A guy gets a big contract, and then people expect that person to become something they're not. They got the contract because of the player they were. You paid them to be the player they were, and now you gave them money, and now you want them to transform to something they're not. That Prescott is not a drop-back 35-pass-a-game guy. Never has been, never will be. I don't care how much you're paying them. 
okay? Mm-hmm. If you utilize him properly, you will win games, therefore the money is well spent. But that's right. not what the Cowboys are going to do. That's not what they're going to do, and that's the crux of this. When they, when they were winning with Dak, what, what did everybody keep saying? They said, yeah, but Dak ain't this, but Dak ain't that, but they were winning because they kept it simple. Right. They ran the ball, they played good defense, and they didn't ask Dak to, to win them games. Okay, they asked him to make the seven throws you need a quarterback to make. The seven throws in the game you have to make as a quarterback. If you can make those seven throws, you can win in the NFL. Okay, Dak can make those seven throws, but he's not a 350-yard-a-game guy. Okay? Mm-hmm. it's not who he is. Right? I, so I hope they do. If you, go ahead. No, no, no. I hope they do go with Cooper Rush, because if they do, listen, I'll take Dak back in his home state of Louisiana. I promise you that. You cannot convince me. You know why? Because they will use him properly. Because they'll use him properly. You cannot convince me that Cooper Rush is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. But all I'm saying is, I'm not saying Rush is better. I'm not saying Cooper Rush is better. What I'm saying is, Cooper Rush is being utilized better than they're utilizing Dak. That's the difference. And we keep dancing around it. Kellen Moore is the issue, not Dak. And, and, and guess what? Mike that. McCarthy We've said that multiple times. Has, has finally used his brain. We've called Kellen Moore out for that. Yeah, Kellen Moore is not – he's not the golden child. But I got to give Mike McCarthy credit, you know, like, at least for the, like, just just not not doing anything to lose games. They're still making a bunch of penalties, stupid penalties and stuff like that. But, you know, we got to – we kill Mike McCarthy, we got to give him a little credit too, right? So – Listen, I'm not saying Cooper Rush is a top quarterback in this league. He's not elite. He's not even the 31st best quarterback in this league. But if you're four and one, you go into the, to to Philly and you beat the Eagles at home with Cooper Rush, you got a problem. And and that's all. That's it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't know how you don't keep. He doesn't keep his job. I mean, honestly, gentlemen, I mean, I, I, I kind of see both sides of the situation, but at the end of the day, like, a decision is going to have to be made. I mean, the thing is, mm. you can't really ignore what Cooper Rush has been able to do uh, since taking over, you know. They haven't lost mm-hmm. in the discussions, you know. And like Barry alluded to, when Dak Prescott was in, you now granted they were playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and, you know, it was, it was a tough defense or whatever the case may be, but you go into the link and beat Philly, we're going to have a conversation, man. Call the numbers, 929 All you got to do, do is put Dak back in. He'll get hurt in five or six weeks, and then you'll have two more success down the track. <laughs> <laughs> Break a pinky stuff, you a cornball. Uh, I wanted to shift gears real quick. Um, uh, Matt Rule was was fired, was the first coach to get fired uh, yesterday. Um, and offline, we had a, a very interesting conversation about it, and I wanted to bring the conversation we had offline, online. Uh, Mr. Harvey, uh, I'm going to let you bat lead off with this situation. Um, Matt Rule got fired Give me a position on it, man. I, you said some things that I wanted to go back and forth with you on uh, on today's show. So go ahead, my man. Okay, so a couple of things. 
NFL executives, general managers, owners, whatever else, finally, please stop going to the college game and getting college head coaches, I don't care who they are, to come fill NFL positions. This is a different ball game. And at the college level, most of these coaches aren't getting the coach X's and O's anymore. They're dealing with Neil deals, parents, recruiting, everything else. They're spending a small a fraction of their time on football. There may be uh, the rare exception, but you can look down the list. And I know, uh, Sirius, you mentioned some that have had success, but for everyone that's been successful at the next level, I can give you several that have failed. Um, so that being said, uh, listen, Matt Rule is a heck of a college coach. He rebuilt that Temple program to a level of respectability when it was in the dumps. Temple was so bad when Matt Rule uh, took over, they kicked him out of the Big East. And it's not like the Big East was a football juggernaut, okay? And then he goes to Baylor, and Baylor was in the wake of all that stuff with Art Riles and everything else, and this program was really in shambles. And so he comes in and helps pick up the pieces there and helps restore things at Baylor. And he lays the foundation for Dave Miranda to win the Big 12 last year. Matt Rule didn't have a franchise quarterback. You had to tie your hopes to uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darno, uh, P.J. Walker, I think is his name, XFL guy, uh, Baker Mayfield. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, no, no real legitimate quarterback. And Christian McCaffrey's been hurt for more games than he's been on the field. And that's your most explosive uh, offensive threat. So, uh, you know, I look at this and I'm like, it, it wasn't the most ideal situation for him to be successful. But listen, he's going to cash out on a nice buyout. Um, Matt Rule's in good shape. If I were Nebraska or Auburn, who's on the verge of uh, firing Brian Harzok, if I were any college uh, program that wanted to be restored to uh, anywhere close to what our tradition uh, speaks of, this is a guy that I would be reaching out to his representatives right now. If I were Auburn, for example, they still have Brian Harson there, but I might still have third-party reps reach out to his uh, people to see what kind of interest he might have in that job. If I were in Nebraska, I would have called him right after I got the news that he was getting fired. Uh, this guy is going to be successful again at a college level. He's a college coach, man. Uh, and just like Nick Saban, just like Steve Spurrier, just like Lou Holtz, just, I mean, there's multiple guys um, that after going back to the college game, even after uh, failing at the pro level, had success. Before Bobby Petrino decided he wanted to mess around with somebody in the ticket office and then go joyriding on the motorcycle and have a crash with her and have those extra uh, marital affairs or whatever uh, with this lady, he was restoring Arkansas back to uh, a championship-level program again. So there's uh, there's many cases of guys who tried their hand at the NFL or wanted to try that out and went back to college and was successful um, I expect him to be. Um, I, I do think that he he was a little bit over his head um, at the pro level, um, but I think that uh, I think that he'll be successful again. I think the Panthers had to move on. I don't know. I, I don't know that I'd have done it five games into the season, uh, but at the same time, I don't know. I don't, I don't see how it's going to get any better uh, for that team. So uh, those are those are my initial. Uh, thoughts about this they did they moved on I think this guy will be successful again I think it's going to be at the college level so here is my my, my, my take on it you know again 
I actually disagree with your your overall initial statement where you spoke about the NFL not going to the college ranks to to find uh, potential coaches. And you know, I mean, every in, in every job in every profession, like you you, you aspire to, to to move up and, and to move on to the next thing and 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 to, and, and to get to the quintessential mountaintop. Not every college coach is going to be a Nick Saban. Not every college coach is going to be a James Franklin or, you know, or, or something like that to where your future and one program or one organization is forever solidified no matter what you do. Um, and, and I do want to tip my cap to the NFL for potentially going to the college and trying to find the, the, the right guy. But, see, here's the catch. You've got to be able to find, like any other job, you've got to be able to find the right guy. Like, we will have, I mean, Pete Carroll, you know, a guy who coached in the NFL, went to college and then is back in the NFL, you know, sometimes you got to dip your toe in the water and see what you can do and then go back. And then, you know, you never know what type of opportunity they present themselves. But uh, with Matt Rule, and I said this offline, I really felt as though he was given a short deck to work with. I don't, first and foremost, I didn't think he was a good coach at Baylor. I just, I just didn't think he was decent at Baylor. Um, because, in my opinion, when you play the bigger boys of the of college football, they got smacked around regularly. Like, I can't, I, 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 I can't get that college football playoff out of my head where he played Alabama and they, it, 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 was, it was a mess. Um, with that being said, with that being said, you know, again, you, you, you kind of laid it out. You know, you had Baker Mayfield as your quarterback, P.J. Walker as your quarterback, Kyle Allen as your quarterback. You had a washed-up Cam Newton, you know, you know, as your quarterback, and, and some other and some other things that really didn't kind of materialize for you. You never really drafted, got the wide receiver position right. Um, so I, I, I think Matt Rule just so happened to be the fall guy for just some – continual bad decisions and personnel and in drafting from the top down. But you're not going to fire, you know, you know, the general manager. You're not going to fire, you know, you know, the the assistant general manager. So you fire the head coach and the defensive coordinator. Keep in mind, Ben McAdoo, a guy that Barry knows very, very well, is your offensive coordinator right now. So at the end of the day, like, if Ben McAdoo wasn't able to get it done in McAdoo. New York with the exactly with the skill set, you know, <laughs> the player that he had around him, I don't understand what makes you think that bringing him in to Carolina with a, a, a cupboard that is devoid of you know talent like the Carolina Panthers were was going to get it done. You know, I, I, I do tip my captain up for trying to make a move. I mean, you. You bring in a Baker Mayfield to try to do something um, because clearly Sam Darnold wasn't the answer. So it's, it's not that they didn't make moves, it's to make the right moves. Um, and, again, I, I do agree with you, uh, Mr. Harvey. I, I think he's going to land on his feet, you know, back in college, you know, potentially, you know, with, with the school that he can kind of help shape and rebuild. Like, at the end of the day, Matt Rule walks, in your, walks into your kid's, you know, house, you know, Parents are going to listen. They're going to trust your kid with, with that rule at that level, man. Seriously, before you pass it on, let me have two sentences to respond. 
uh, after I say they fired Joe Brady, who they got from LSU, who had been with the Saints. But the the, the two things I want to say is he had only been at Baylor three years. So uh, at, in that respect, like, I don't think that they were a finished product yet. And when you look at where that program was before he got there, uh, he had done a good job. But for every uh, college coach, for every white college coach that's hired, there's an Eric Bieniemy, there's a Byron Leftwich, there's a, a black guy coaching at the NFL level as a coordinator or doing something at the NFL level that already has these players' respects is getting passed over year after year after year. I mean, I feel you there. I feel you there. I'll come to you, my guy. You know, Matt Rule got, got, got his walking papers. I mean, I'm sure he's more relieved than excited, actually, the fact that he doesn't have to deal with the, the, the mess at Carolina. But give me your position on it. Yeah, I mean, first of all, um, you know, it's it's a trend, right? These coaches get a couple years, they get hired, they're, they're the sure thing, and then next thing you know, they're out of a job. I mean, you know, what, I said it. What about these GMs, about these hiring these same-looking coaches, white, co- white coaches, for the same job, and they don't work out? You know what I mean? Like, you had a viable candidate – and, and Flores, but nobody wanted to touch him because he's a pariah because he's suing the league and stuff. But you got other minority coaches that are just as capable but don't get a shot. And this guy gets a shot with no NFL coaching experience, right? You know, um, you, you have Flores with coaching experience. It should have been fired in Miami, but that's a different subject for a different day. But, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to stop banging the drum for minority hires getting the chance, getting the same opportunity as these guys get. But, listen, his undoing was the quarterback. He, Mike's right. They had no quarterback. They they were they were unable to find a franchise quarterback. They traded for one, Baker Mayfield. I hate the stat that ESPN made up, but I mean when you're talking about a 15 uh, QBR, that's garbage. That's absolute garbage. I mean I got kids in 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 flag football on my son's team that have a better QBR than him. They don't even throw the ball. Okay, let's be let's be a hundred percent about that. So. It, you know, he and he had no quarterbacks to speak of while he was there. I think it's the best situation for Rule getting out right now, getting let go of his contract. Um, he he has time to get a college job that he you know he could probably sink his teeth into. Auburn looks like they might be in trouble, might be looking for a new coach, like uh, Mike said. Nebraska he had brought up. I think that's an interesting um, proposition. Um, there might be another. Um, D1 school, uh, a top, maybe a Pac-10 uh, school that would want to scoop him up. But, um, you know, it gives him the opportunity. And you know what? They had, even though McAdoo's a joke, he's got NFL coaching experience. So, um, you know, it's it's just a win-win for both sides. But, listen, um, his undoing was the quarterback. And, you know, now yeah, – and, and it's really the drafting, too. They hadn't drafted well. And and when you don't draft well, you don't have a franchise quarterback, that's a recipe for disaster. Destiny, destiny, man. Caller number is 929-477-2759. Chandler, I- I'll come to you, man. I mean, Matt Rule got, got let go, man. Give me a position on it and kind of draw a parallel between the NFL game and the college game uh, with, with Matt Rule. Well, first of all, Matt Rules never should have been hired because he was a mediocre coach in college. I'm so sick of this narrative. Oh, he's good. He's not a good coach. I watched him at Baylor. Baylor's going to win 10 or 11 games no matter what, okay? I don't give a damn who the coach is. Plus, you're in the Big 12, which is trash. Let's start there, 
okay? Matt Rule couldn't get a, couldn't ever recruit a quarterback in college. Name the quarterback he had on any team. I dare anyone to name his quarterback. You can't because he never he had nondescript quarterbacks. He could never get a quarterback because he's not good. Bob McAdoo was a good offensive coordinator. Let's start with this. Oh, he's supposed to be an offensive guy, so now he's a head coach. When you're the head coach, you're no longer the offensive coordinator. You're actually coaching the entire team. Everybody ain't built to coach an entire team. DJ Moore had 3,000-yard seasons, with, okay, a couple of them with Sam Darnold. Darnold is talented, but he's a turnover waiting to happen. I said that when he was drafted. He never should have been drafted as high as he was because he's a turnover waiting to happen. Very talented. You will put up numbers with Sam Darnold, but you won't win. Okay? Matt Rule is a mediocre white college coach, much like Cliff Kingsbury, who got a job he shouldn't have gotten. David Shaw has deserved a job for years. No one will hire him. David Shaw is a college coach. David Shaw is a CEO, which is what you're supposed to be in the NFL, a CEO. You put a strong staff around you, and you let smart people who work for you be smart. Matt Rule never did that. Matt Rule still wanted to call plays. Dude, I watched you, Coach Baylor. I watched you get your quarterback murdered in the game. Okay, the kid couldn't even throw, and you kept him in there, kept calling five-step dropbacks when the kid couldn't throw because his shoulder was hurt. So miss me with the Matt Rules, a good college coach, nonsense, because he's not. He's 19 and 20 as a college coach. He's under 500 as a college coach. He is a mediocre coach. If you are a nondescript program that wants to be a little relevant, hire Matt Rule. If you are an actual team trying to be relevant in the college football playoff, you better stay the hell away from Matt Rule because he ain't going to get you there, okay? I don't know why people keep giving him a pass because he had a hand in picking all of these quarterbacks y'all saying he was saddled with. He kept choosing them. He wasn't oh, some passenger along for the ride, He's the one who said, I want Sam Darnold. He did that. He's the one who chose to have Baker Mayfield come there. He did that. That's his choice. He had way more say because he had a seven-year contract. And when you got a seven-year contract, you got a hell of a lot more say than some coach with a three-year contract. He chose the players. He's the one who got ran Christian McCaffrey into the ground when Christian McCaffrey is not a between-the-tackles runner and McCaffrey hasn't been to stay healthy since. That was three years ago. He's been there for three years where he ran him into the ground. And now the kid can't stay healthy because he was never built for that. But it looked good, so everybody keeps giving these guys a pass. Matt Rule never should have been hired. Matt Rule is not a Power 5 conference coach. If he goes to Auburn, Auburn's going to be just as bad as they are right now. And the one thing you're going to keep saying is, why can't he get a quarterback? Why can't he get a quarterback? Why can't he get a quarterback? Because he'll be in a program with so much visibility, he'll get exposed. No one gives a damn if he goes to Nebraska. He goes to Nebraska with nine games, they're going to call him a savior. I can coach Nebraska to nine wins right now. 
<laughs> I, I just I'm not in the big thing because we keep we keep giving these mediocre <laughs> white college coaches a pass when they fail. And we want to know what he didn't have, and what he didn't have, what he didn't have, what he didn't have. Steve Wilkes got one season with Josh Rosen. <laughs> I didn't hear not one person, not one, yeah. make as many excuses yeah. as they have for three years of Matt Rule that he, that in that one season of Josh Rosen. Oh, by the way, Steve Wilkes is not head coach Carolina with a terrible team with Sam Donald and – uh, Baker Mayfield, who Baker Mayfield now suddenly he's hurt because that's the reason he ain't playing well. Oh my foot! Oh my foot! My foot is so bad. I gotta come to multiple. Oh, oh, I can barely walk up the stairs. Oh, walking boot. Oh my god! Oh my god! My leg is broken. You don't understand. <laughs> I need progressives. Chandler's trying to take the villain crowd. Chandler's <laughs> trying to take the villain crowd. He can have it. Chandler, Chandler, come with the heat. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. I mean, he, 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 I mean, he's spitting facts though. Like, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I get it. At the end of the day, like, you know, he wasn't, you know, the quarterback in the center third. But, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm having to pause on my, on my, on my thought process with it because again, Chandler's right. Like, he actually picked the quarterbacks that he had. You know what I'm saying? And, again, I wasn't a fan of him in college. I mean, we, I, I said it offline to the three of you guys sitting here. Like, when when the hire was made, I, I, we, we all sat here and was like, huh? I, I, I think we was on the show where the call was took out or something like that. And we were like, well, why don't more this guy getting this type of a job? But And, 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 here, and here we sit, you know, three years later, you know, and, and he's gone, man. 929-477-2759 to a sports city chef. Uh, before we before we get out of here, man, I, I, we, we got to talk about it. We, we really got to, you know, dig in deep here because these roughing the passer penalties and the way these officials are kind of taking over ball games is is damn near laughable at, at this point. I, I, I have to rehash what took place with the Tom Brady thing, with the Chandler Jones thing yesterday. Um, it, 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 it's wild, but villain, I, I'll come to you first, man. We, 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 the, the, the rule is there, okay? How do we fix it? That's where I want to start. Like, like, what do we need to do to get the right pieces in place to to to, to fix it? Villain, if you're talking, you're on mute. No, I, yeah, I got it. What did you say? I couldn't hear it. Uh, I'm talking about the rough in the passer stuff, and I understand that the rule sucks. We, we understand that, but yeah. I wanted you to kind of talk about what, what the six could potentially be, um, I mean, you know, with, with getting rid of you, it. you gotta, you got to go – I think, I think you got to enforce it, right? I think the you know even though I hate babying the quarterback, you got to protect them because they're almost not like a standing uh, figure, but um, you know it's the whole thing. It's a business thing. You lose your quarterback, you you lose your season, blah blah blah. You know they they're almost defenseless in some ways, so you got to enforce it. But I think you got to also 
replay, and you got to look at some of these calls after you, after the fact. I mean, if you had looked at the Tom Brady hit in slow motion, you would have seen he was not forcibly thrown down. I saw a running back in that same game thrown down the same way they didn't call it, right? I saw um, Mahomes get thrown down the same way they didn't call it. So it's the inconsistency there. And it's like, I think I heard a stat that they've only called 26 roughing the passer. But this week, after the Tua situation, that number has gone up, right, from the, the previous weeks to this week. So they're trying to, right. you know, they're trying to highlight it and emphasize it, you know. But, I mean, if you got a guy that, take, that took the football away, had possession of the ball, and the quarterback's underneath him, and he doesn't land on him, he's trying to get the ball, how is that, how is that rough in the passer? It's, it's, a, it's a Bush League call. Both of them are Bush League. So, listen, I'm about protecting the, the, the quarterback, but in two ways, you got to protect the other players the same way you're protecting the quarterback. I see, you know, what was it, the Chiefs game a couple of weeks ago where the running back got body slammed. They didn't call anything on that. Like, what mm-hmm. are we talking about here? So, you know, protect all the players the same way, and then let's use common sense. Like, let's look at right. the replay for, you know, two minutes and see that it, you, that cost the Falcons the game. That can cost that 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 uh, coach his job because of that one play. You know what I mean? They had a chance to 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 be at, you know tied for the division. They could go in a tailspin. He can get fired because of that that call. It's ridiculous. So I, I don't like the call. I understand why you're doing it because of Tua, but you know what? Tua didn't get hurt because he was thrown to the ground. He got hurt because those idiots let him back into the game. Not because of the hit. So let's let's start there. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Right. It's ridiculous. Mr. Harvey, so, um, I'm going to come to you with it as well, man. Give me your position on it. So I want to, you know, I, I want to go a step further and say, uh, Bush League, everybody talks about how great Tom Brady is, and we can't argue with the rings and all that, man. But how about how when Brady got thrown down and sacked, out of frustration, he tried to kick this man he, from his back. He tried to go reach up and kick this dude on the uh, from the ground. Yet when they throw the flag, they throw it on the guy that tackled him. I am not an Atlanta Falcons fan. I do not care for the Falcons. That is my most bitter rival in the NFL, and it has been for my whole life. Uh, but that being said, the Falcons got screwed out of this game. There were a couple of things in Mahomes that they, that they let go that if it had been if it had been uh, your wonder boy Tom Brady, uh, he probably would have gotten the call. I, what I want to see first and foremost is some level of consistency. Now let's go back to Tua. He took a certain hit and um, he had some things happen. Uh, he should not have been let back in the game. And I've also heard some things that too about the medical staff too, just to try to get back in the game. So some of that is uh, you, you at least have to take some accountability there as well. But at the end of the day, I mean, we just need consistency. I mean, that's my thing. It, it doesn't need to be well if if this guy gets hit a certain way, nothing's getting called. But if it's your uh, if it's your wonder boy or if it's your your quote unquote goat or whatever, that he's getting extra calls that other people don't. And I understand that, you know, some, you know, you, you translate that to other sports and, 
and some pitchers may get a little bit more leeway when it comes to, say, that outside corner or the plate than, than other ones do, proving guys versus uh, versus new guys coming up. But at the end of the day, there has to be some level of consistency. It was said in our group, and I agree. If they could come out with uh, concussion protocols in this quickly a period of time and revise that and get that out, they could do something with this quarterback rule as well. Um, there needs to be some sort of consistency in place. I mean, listen, if you're not going to put flags on them, we have to be allowed to tackle them and to try to get them down because the way that you're opening offenses up, uh, if you don't get them down, they're throwing the ball down the field and they're putting up points on you <laughs> like crazy in this league. So you got to be able to get to the quarterback. There's a reason why you get paid that kind of money. Uh, and I do think that we do have to protect them. And so, uh, there are certain things that, that we do need to be careful of. But at the end of the day, there just needs to be consistency. We don't need to see teams getting cost the game because they're taught to get to the quarterback. And once they get there and get home and all they do is bring him down, they get flagged. And then drive continues and you get to, uh, you know, you lose the game because you did what you were taught to do. If there are things that they do that's technically wrong or something, I get it. But. Like, I mean, I get it at the end of the day, and Chandler, I'll come to you here in a second, and then we're going to get out of here for the evening. Um, but I, I, I kind of get what you're saying, but at the, at the end of the day, like, this is football. You feel me? Like, this isn't – you got the same helmet on, you got the same pads on that, that I got, and the defensive players – you know, job is to attack and get to the quarterback. And, again, I get it. Like, if you're slamming them down WWE style, you know, so be it. But the commanders, uh, Montez Sweat, got to Ryan Tannehill yesterday, last yes on Sunday, wrapped him up. But Ryan Tannehill was still able to make a pass that went for a first down, and yep. they ended up getting the field goal, at, you know, out of that drive. So, there has to be a situation where, again, you, you hit the nail on the head, Mr. Harvey, where it's very consistent. In the same game yesterday, David Carr got sacked by Jones, got the flag. A couple drops later, Patrick Mahomes got thrown and, and no call. Like, <laughs> so, I mean, what are these vendors supposed to do? Like, this is the same situation with, the um, defenseless receiver and all of that type of stuff that 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 the league is trying to rule out or whatever. Because it be it's getting to the point where playing defense in the National Football League is very very difficult because the lines are always blurred. There is no clear demarcation of what they're supposed to do. You're, you're expecting a, 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 a safety to make a split decision, divide, fraction at the conference and kind of judge how he's contorting his body in a split second before he's either crossing his team 15 yards, getting a fine from the NFL, but yet you got John Jacobs yesterday truck-sticking a dude because, you know, he's trying to go, the defender's trying to go down. Like, there has to be dollars there. Chandler, I'll come to you, man. What's your position on this roughing the passer stuff and, and all the type of stuff that's going on with the officials on the league through through five weeks? Listen, um, 
if a coach loses his job over a call like this, he probably should have been fired anyway. Um, so I'm going right there. Killing it. <laughs> All right. That's, that's where I'm at. If that's what cost you your job, you weren't good anyway. Um, but, listen, they don't care um, what any of us have to say. Quarterbacks are what they're selling. They're selling quarterbacks. That's why they always have their helmets off. That's why that's the only player whose name and face people know. They're selling the quarterbacks. If you are considered a mobile quarterback, they are not going to give you the same protection, period, in the story. Now, is it coincidence that most of the players considered pocket passers are white and most of the players considered mobile quarterbacks are black? I don't know. I'm just pointing it out. Because most of the mobile quarterbacks don't get that same protection even though they're supposed to even though they're supposed to. Even though they're supposed to. Derek Carr, by the strictest definition of term, is considered a mobile quarterback. If you think about it, but Derek Carr can run. He can throw on the run, but he's considered a pocket passer, so he gets the protection that Patrick Mahomes doesn't. And we can go all the way back to Cam Newton with this. When they were calling head hits on everybody, they let the Denver Broncos tee off on Cam Newton. They hit him in the head every play. Well, you know, he's actually a runner. Okay. Miss me with that. This is what the NFL is going to do. They don't care if it costs the team a game. Honestly, they really don't because people are talking and people are going to watch. Now, let's see what happens, and there's more people watching, which is more money and more advertising dollars. They don't care what happens as long as they protect specific names. Tom Brady's going to get protected because everybody knows who Tom Brady is. Okay? They're going to protect him. Patrick Mahomes is a mobile quarterback. Yeah, you know, we'll protect him to a point. Same exact play that they call the flag on in one game, they don't call the flag in the other. You can go across the league with that. Yes, the amount that they're calling it is an overreaction to Tua, but it's also this has been something that's been going on for a minute where mobile quarterbacks or guys who are considered mobile. And Patrick Mahomes, by the way, keep calling him mobile quarterback. He's a pocket passer. He moves around to throw from the pocket. He, his pocket just moves with him. He's technical. And you think about it, tell me, tell me the last game Patrick Mahomes rushed for 50 yards. Tell me the last game. You can't. Well, all you hear about Patrick Mahomes is his legs, his legs, his legs, his legs. He moves around so that he can throw the ball downfield. Patrick Mahomes very rarely runs over 15 yards in the game, much less 50, okay? But somehow he's a mobile quarterback. And Derek Carr is it? Hmm. Whatever. It's nonsense, as usual, with the NFL. It's look over here and pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, and it's not going to change. They're not going to review it. They're not going to do any of that because they don't care if a coach is fired because they figure he's a mediocre coach anyway. And we want to protect our traditional quarterbacks because that is what the majority of the people who look like most of the coaches, owners, and general managers are paying the seat. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for stopping by, Chandler, man. You know, it's always a pleasure, you know, talking with you about these topics, man. Give us a plug. We're going to plug as we get out of here, my man. Your Penguins should have gotten rid of Malkin. Rangers won. <laughs> Yankees winning. And that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you so much. But no, real quick, real quick, real, 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 
real quick though, it's hard to the mobile quarterback thing because I think they're protecting in the pocket more than when they're outside of the pocket. But Chandler does make a fair point. Like if you're a mobile quarterback, even if you're in the pocket, the chances that you get a rough in the passer call on you goes down because they think you're about to run. You know what I mean? You have that ability. So, eh, such crap. It's all crap. I mean, yeah. Uh, it is, it is. Mr. Harvey, man, give us a plug and a close out as you get out of here, my guy. How many fights did Joe Burrow get caught on him when he got sacked 858 times last year and his own pace to get sacked and lowest thousand this year? Um, but he's not Tom Brady with the rings. Uh, end of the day, uh, man, check out the barbershop on uh, Clubhouse. Uh, over 13,000 continuing to grow. Over there, man, uh, family-type environment, comfortable, uncomfortable conversations, watch-alongs for college and pro footballs and primetime games. Check out the blogs. Check out the website, citychefs.com, Figure Foods, blogs, uh, Barry and Series, and uh, guys putting in a lot of work there. Uh, check out our other shows, man. Tomorrow night's a call. It's Cookout Good versus uh, the Villain. Uh, we're good always wins. Timeless versus the Villain. We're good always wins. And then we got the flagship show on uh, Sunday mornings, the Timeless Sunday morning brunch. At 11 a.m. Eastern Time, recapping all your weekend sports news plus college football and getting you ready for all the games uh, on Sunday. Crossover Cafe is coming back soon as well, man. Uh, PHI Apparel, man. Listen, the Phillies came up big today. The Braves showed the heart of a champion, but could play come all the way back. Phillies went seven to six. Uh, Phillies are two games away and have their best two pitchers, so the Braves are going to have to earn it. But uh, go get your stuff, phiapparel.co. Chefs uh, at checkout gives you, what, 15, 20% off, something like that. So, uh, yeah, go get that, man. Uh, check out PHI Apparel for all you Philly fans. Everybody's high on the Sixers. Eagles are 5-0, about to get tested against the Cowboys. Flyers about to get started up. Uh, you know, like I said, Philly's uh, one win in the division series. Uh, Phillies win today. The Astros trail once again. We've got a three-run home run for Jordan Alvarez in the bottom of the ninth inning to win 8-7. to seven. The Yankees at 4-1. to one. Cleveland only has three outs left. So there's your recap of the playoffs. And Trey Turner hit a home run early for the Dodgers to put them up against the Padres. So there's those four baseball games, man. As always, man, uh, hey, listen, my Saints are 2-3. and three. They're only one game out of the lead, though, in the NFC South, even though this has not looked like a very good football team so far this year, and they're about to play a tough schedule. So, uh, we'll see what happens, man, in the meantime, in between time, man. Much love to Timeless. Without him, I wouldn't be here. Much respect to your other chefs as well. Chandler, always a pleasure. Dylan, man, much love to you. Serious, man, always enjoy uh, uh, sharing the kitchen with you, man. Uh, listen, I've uh, I've washed up my dishes. I've dried up the last thing for the day. I've wiped down my counters. I'm done for tonight, man. As we say down south in Louisiana, Peace. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Harvey, man. It's a pleasure, man, kicking it with you on, on these shows, man. Villain, you know what to do, man. Give us a plug and a close out as we get out of here, guys. Only thing to plug is the Giants 4-1. Got a good shot to make the playoffs. Don't know if they get there, but we, we got a good shot, man. I like what I'm seeing from my Giants. They've all seemed like he's the right guy so far, um, playing hard and, and all that good stuff, man. Listen, get to the website. You got shows all week, uh, like like uh, like Harvey said. So, you know, I'll be back at the helm tomorrow, uh, talking that ish, talking a whole lot of uh, a lot of good food. They got to talk about that food, Draymond, right? We got to talk about that. But, you know, lots to get to tomorrow. So, talk a little baseball too as well. Yankees up right now. So, um, yeah, man, we got shows, we got the blogs, we got the interviews, all that stuff. Shout out to PHI Apparel, get to the website, 
use, use the promo code CHEF, get 15% off, so make sure you plug that. PHI.co, uh, that's PHIFL.co, get to that website and get your Philly merch. Um, yeah, man, we out, man. There's not much to talk about. We out. Yo, man, uh, it's your boy, Sears, up in that 412-703, man. Such a pleasure to be here with you guys on another edition of the NFL Free Fall, man. Uh, again, it, it, it's a privilege and a pleasure. I, I get to do this on a regular basis. Some of the smartest young men uh, that, 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 that grace this planet, man. Shout out to everybody who's been rocking with us, man, downloading the shows, listening to the recaps and everything like that. Again, shout out to the folks over there at the barbershop, man. Again, I, I say this on everything that I do, man. If you like the content, that we bring you here on the radio on a regular basis, man. Jump over to the barbershop, interact with us over there, interact with us on social media, man. We're just trying to make the world go around and do what we do best, man, by sharing positivity in sports, man. With that being said, um, there's a lot more that I wanted to get to, but, I, you know, again, these guys came to eat. With that being said, tell a friend to tell a friend to chefs again. And if they don't know, now we know, man. We'll catch you guys tomorrow. Sports city, sports city, chefs, chefs, sports city, sports city, chefs. Chef, Sports City, Sports City, Chef, Chef, Sports City, Sports City, Chef, Kaboom, Sports City Chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon, they well in tune, bloom like a flower in June, Superman vs. MF Doom, the clouds loom, so tell a friend it's the Sports City Chefs again, pay attention, tune in, we on the set again, Sports City, Sports City, Chef, Chef, With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.